0: Hello. I hope you're having a great Monday and things are going well, starting off uh, having a great week. I don't know what the weather's like outside. We normally talk about the weather at the beginning of these things. I don't know why. It's just kind of what we do. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be nice. I'm sure it's going to be another beautiful day. So, hello, Chris. Hello, Angie. Hello, Robin. Um, and if you're st- still out there and you haven't said hello, please say hi, at least, so we know you're on here, and uh, we really love to see the interaction in the comments, so uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Great, thank you. There's your weather update for Junction City, Kansas. Gorgeous. Love it. All right. Um, Hey, Jeff, good to have you all on this morning. Hi, Virginia. ah, oh, good to see you on, too. All right. Let's get started. Uh I want to talk about oneness again because we are going to have to continue to uh go over this and talk about it and discuss it and and open up different facets of what oneness is with not just with Christ but with one another really. This is this is really kind of the focus and the aim that I want to get into today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh Really, kind of, kind of hone in on this more and more because until we are actually living this out, and and we just one day discover like, oh, we're we're actually doing this thing, and we're actually doing it well. Uh, we need to continue to talk about it, and and when we get to that point, then we can start looking at refinement and what that looks like, and and going through that. But uh, again, talking about oneness and. I just don't think that this is something we're ever going to be able to get away from talking about because it is so significant to our lives as as the bride, as the church. This is just something we're going to need to continue to talk about and particularly uh, uh, be able to to discuss with new believers. We all need to be at a point where, (laughs) hello, Anne-Marie. Thanks. That goes for everybody. Her comment is for everybody here. And uh, we're going to need to be able to, to, to talk about oneness with new believers as well. And so these ongoing conversations that we're having and, and breaking this open is something we need to all embrace and, and be able to share with new people. So that they, they understand what it is that it, it, it means when we talk about oneness or we use the word uh, union even because union is, is used in scripture. Excuse me. At unedited life, we like the word oneness. You know, that's, that's just been part of, uh, of the things we, we discuss and the terminology we use since the very beginning, our our coffee mugs say invited into oneness. And so we're going to get into that. Uh, I was listening to a podcast last week and they, they briefly touched on um, the word persona and uh, or, or pros, prosopon <clears throat> I think is how it was pronounced in the, in the Greek uh, persona is the Latin. And I'm going to get into that in just a second, but it was, it was briefly mentioned and, and it, it wasn't, Discussed in depth, and and so as I was eating breakfast yesterday morning, God started talking to me about this, and and really kind of like saying, "Okay, this is this is something I want you to focus in on. I want you to look at." And and so I, I looked up these words in both the Greek and Latin. The word uh, for person is in, in Greek is that uh, prosopon, which I'm probably mispronouncing because I don't remember. <clears throat> but it really originally meant face or or mask, but it can also be used in the sense of a a person or individual. And uh, in the Latin, the word is persona. And it originally referred to the masks worn by actors in in Roman and Greek drama, uh, but over time came to mean an individual or or person. And so both of these are are interesting. Uh, and, and the idea that in the ancient world, others were were needed to help you get a real sense of what you look like. Uh, they didn't have uh, the quality mirrors that we have today. If the people even had access to any uh, type of mirror or uh, a reflective surface that they could look at themselves. So it's interesting to sit and think about relying on uh, your community to tell you or remind you of what you look like. We can, we can think about this in relation to oneness that we are, <clears throat> are always thinking about. Uh, uh, this is why it's significant to know who it is that God says each of the people, uh, in your life are the, the people around you. Uh, it, you have to know who it is that God says that they are. And this is significant, uh, uh, in the fact that that we need to place significance on uh, knowing what gifts and anointing each person around you carries, this this is another another aspect of that. And we, we've talked about this before. Knowing uh, uh, who who you are and sharing that with the people around you, as well as the gifts, the anointing, the things that He's called you into, sharing that with the people you're in oneness to, in oneness with, so that they can hold you accountable to these things. So we need to be the mirror for one another. And and I'm just thinking, can we be that involved with each other? It's a a real question. Can we be that involved with each other? And James uh, 1, um, 23 and 24 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. I, I, I think this is interesting. You, you could say he forgets, or or even has a distorted view, uh, because uh, the the mirror was not quality enough to reflect back truth. Right. So can we be involved in each other's lives to the point uh, of sharing all things in common, and and to be involved, there isn't opportunity to not be a doer. If we are that involved with one another, there's no opportunity to be that, uh, to, to not be a doer, to to just show up and and consume and, and have no, no interaction, nothing to bring there. This is just one of those things that we continually talk about here at Unedited Life. You should be showing up on a Sunday morning or uh, uh, when you are coming together in oneness, you're showing up in fullness. You have spent time with with Jesus, had a revelation opened up for you, and this is to the point of making the bride stronger, to building up the spiritual muscles of the bride, of the church, to be able to do the, the work that we have been set out to do, to make disciples of the nations, to bring the gospel to people who haven't heard it, or to bring the gospel to those who are still unbelievers. And so this is this is all part of oneness. Uh, Galatians two twenty says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me." Wow. If we're going to talk about oneness, we got to first talk talk about our oneness in Christ. That has to be a, a jumping off point and a place where we start. And we say, uh, "This is this is who we are. We are are in Christ. I am in union or oneness with Christ, and that is is who I am as a believer. All of those things that are talked about, uh, uh, everything laid out in the gospel, is applied to me. And so that that needs to be our our, our jumping off point. We're going to jump all over Scripture." This morning and and read all over the place, so uh, uh, hang in there with me. All right, let's jump over to Romans five. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're to start in verse one. It says therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us in shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, uh, anybody that knows me knows I love um, the little... Going from this thing to the next thing to the next thing, and and I've talked about that a lot with uh, um, this path of compromise. You know where where you start tolerating something, and, and then you move on to to uh, affirming it and accepting it, and then adopting it. This is one of those things where where you're walking walking through rejoicing, rejoicing in, in suffering. <clears throat> Excuse me, rejoicing in suffering. But I rejoice in that, and I can rejoice in that and will because I know that it produces endurance and that endurance brings about character and character that then produces hope and hope in in uh, in Jesus in that what we've been told is actually true. We're placing belief in there. And so uh, I just I love this progression here. That, that is, is building us up into oneness with Christ. Verse 6 goes on, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For we'll scarcely For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. we also rejoice in god through our lord jesus christ through whom we have now received reconciliation at the end of this section reconciliation becomes a big topic of discussion uh, so big so that um it, it's it's also talked about in in 2 corinthians 5 and This is something to rejoice in. We have been reconciled with God, which means that there was some kind of tension there. There there was something going on in that relationship where reconciliation, a a coming back together, needed to happen. And and this was uh, uh, done in in what we've talked about previously in in the shadow of of the, the heavenly, of the better things that Christ ushered in in the Old Covenant through the tabernacle through through the uh high priestly the the ironic high priest uh, line and the the things that they did at the tabernacle the sacrifices all of these things were a shadow of the better of what was to come in Jesus and and there needed to be a reconciliation between us and God and that was done through the cross this was the point where our sin was atoned from and we were made in right standing by the blood of Jesus for all time. He could he could take his seat at the right hand of God, knowing all the work for salvation was complete. Nothing more needed to be done. And I absolutely love that. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 20... Um, 2 Corinthians 5:20 says therefore we are ambassadors for Christ god making his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to god this is this is part of that thing we carry as sons of god being made ambassadors to bring the ministry of reconciliation to the world this is this is part of the oneness we share part of uh, part of that we we've been uh, commanded to make disciples of the nations and in that we're coming as ambassadors we're bringing a a message of reconciliation where everyone regardless of of history regardless of of pedigree of of where you come from you can have right standing with God by the blood of Jesus this is this is bringing people into oneness but we have to be able to, to come to this in a oneness as the bride. I want to jump over to, I want to jump back to Romans uh, chapter 6. This is uh, starting in verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. This is is making the case and laying it out, showing that we have been included in what Christ suffered. It, it, is, it has been applied to us and we we are made part of that. We are made one with Christ. That union there is is complete and solidified in in the cross and his resurrection. It's a, It's applied to us. We were made part of it. As, as believers when when God looks at us, that's what he sees. And, and so from there it goes on to to talk about, okay now, don't let your your members, your bodies be used as instruments for unrighteousness. Don't let don't be a, a, a tool in the enemy's hands that causes others to, to either stumble and fall away from faith or to to be pushed back from faith. And this is what happens when we lack unity, when we lack oneness. Division happens. And we start to, to break and split apart. And we can't have that. We need to be used by God as instruments of righteousness that bring people in to the body, that bring the body together, not setting it up, not causing it to to uh, come apart. We'll look at 1 Corinthians one, starting in verse ten. It says, "I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree." I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. That's the part I want to go with this. Uh, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any one of you. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Okay, the, so in... in the book of Romans, he's, he was laying that out of we are one with Christ and we are, are one with one with, with each other and we can't be used as, as tools or instruments for unrighteousness, but we should present ourselves to be used by God as tools or instruments of righteousness to bring people in. And this is what he's uh, seeing also in, in the church at Corinth that there is division happening People are wanting to take sides. I follow this person or I follow that person. This person's right. No, that person's right. You're all wrong uh, is is basically what he's saying. Christ is not divided. And and we can't continue to divide ourselves over uh, silly, insignificant things that uh, don't bring truth, the the truth of Jesus to people that want to sit up and and tear apart what it is that he came and did and ushered in for us that oneness with him the union with him the oneness we share with with each other we can't we can't allow silly things and silly quarrels to to tear us apart and that's what he's talking about here he's appealing to them by the name of Jesus that they agree what is it that we can agree on we can agree that uh, belief in Jesus is is in, in what he did uh, in his finished work is what brings us into salvation. Is there still work for us to do? Sure because we've been commanded to make disciples of the nations. We don't in that work we are not earning salvation. We gain that through what Jesus did and by our belief. And so we have to stop looking at at silly things like this and allowing it to divide us. Okay, uh, I'm looking at one of the comments here before I go on. We don't realize how free we are and still live as we are bound. Expand a bit by pushing back on faith. I'm not exactly sure what what you're asking there, Anne-Marie, about. Expand a bit by pushing back on faith. Faith is, is what is, is bringing us along. Faith is what we use to continue to take one step and put one foot in front of another because we believe what, what God says. We believe that what he has promised us is truth. And we can we can put hope in that. Whether we see it or not, we can put hope in that. We can look back to Abraham. Did he see the, the fulfillment of the promise? No. But he could see it. And so by faith, he continued to believe over and over and over again with each step he believed. He was a believer. He didn't believe in the past and then stopped believing in the future. When you look at, at um, those counted in, in, in Hebrews as being fathers of the faith, this is this is one of those things you can look at and say they continue to believe. Oh, just just doing something that that uh, okay, Emory said uh, about doing something that may make someone else fall away. Um, th- this is intentionally uh, uh, doing these things that cause division. And, and division a lot of times is off-putting to people, and it can push them away from from saying, okay, these these Christians and they're toxic. They don't do anything to bring people together, and this is this is what I'm talking about here because we're focused in on oneness, and and so this is this is what can can cause people to fall away from from that, and, and really um, not necessarily be falling away, but but kind of being driven away and pushed away because they don't like what they're seeing. They don't like the experience that they're they're having because it doesn't it, it, it there's nothing unifying there, it's bringing a lot of division, and so uh, that's kind of what I was what is referring to there. All right, I want to jump over to, um, let's see here, Ephesians uh, four. And we're going to read verses 1 to 6. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I, I love this. This is this is really putting the focus on on staying together and, and being together. Right? Maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And, and that's just saying we, we're not being divisive here holding one another accountable is not bringing about division if you see somebody operating outside of of who you know that god says they are if you see them getting off track it's it's in love and and for uh uh, maintaining the unity of the spirit that we we call each other into account on these things it has to be done and, and we have to get better at this and, and we have to get more swift at it as well. We need to be able to, each one of us, recognize it and be able to call it out in the moment. We have to love one another to, in the moment, bring, uh, for lack of a better term, bring correction, but to bring account of what is taking place or what isn't taking place. And this, this is... When we talk about accountability, we need to also uh, celebrate someone uh, changing their mind or, or uh, repenting to, to come back. We need to celebrate these things as well. We can't just look to to uh, hold one another accountable for the sake of that. It's for the sake of the body. It is for the sake of oneness that we are doing so. It isn't about a gotcha thing. It, it's it's all about. Living our lives unto Christ, and that really is is the point of of the one body being in union together is unto Christ, and we have to to really keep that on the forefront of our minds because it is easy to lose that that thought and and allow that to to fall away. All right, last place in scripture I want to go. Let's jump over to uh, Romans twelve. We're going to start in verse 3. Excuse me. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Our lives must be about one another. We have to take hold of this reality that we are, in fact, the bride of Christ, that we are, in fact, the church. That though we have differences, we are all members fit together, uh, performing simultaneously different functions, but functions that move the body and the kingdom forward. This is who we are. In in talking about prayer last week, <clears throat> I said we share all things in common. We're, we're one body. Uh, um, The the bride of Christ, the church, and it's time we start praying like it. Well, today I would implore you that yes, we are to share all things in common. We are one body, the bride of Christ, the church, and it's time we start living like it. Do you truly uh, see the people that you are connected to in oneness? Do you truly hear? the people that you are connected to in oneness. Uh, it, it's it's unfortunate that people we are are in close proximity to are the ones that can be the hardest to see and hear. We allow these people to become background noise, <clears throat> excuse me and, and this is done for various reasons uh, that I don't want to get into, uh, but it does happen. The reality is this happens. And I've both witnessed it. And unfortunately, I've done it myself. I've allowed that to happen in my own life. And this is a problem that is only overcome by seeing one another and in an upgraded capacity. That is where it has to start. We have to stop holding each other hostage to anything less than who God is is calling that person. We have to actually uh, listen to what they're saying. And if that person is in leadership, don't be difficult and rebellious uh, because of familiarity. Don't allow that to happen. The bottom line is we need to start uh, looking at everything through the life of oneness. I don't want to say the lens of oneness, but through the life of oneness. What does that look like? And, and you know, even to the littlest things, recently I talked about resilience. And uh, that you carry uh, in Christ, and how you can can bring that into oneness, the resilience that you can carry in Christ. Um, now, that's that, that's somewhat laughable because I'm going to to actually find resilience in oneness and being connected to to other believers. Uh, not carry that in. The idea of strength in numbers can can be applied to oneness. We have to really see it this way. We have to start examining. I know it sounds somewhat cliche, but it's not. It's actual truth. Where I may be weak, you have strength. The oneness that that we share should be the place we are running with difficulties uh, to, to share all things in common. If If we can share strength and victory there, we should also be able to to bear the burden of weakness and loss as well. All things share all things in common. So do you see yourself in oneness or union with Christ? And do you see yourself in oneness with each other? Those are the two questions I want to leave you with. Those are the two questions I want you to, to be able to examine with Holy Spirit this week because if if the answer is yes you see yourself in oneness with Christ and yes you see yourself in oneness with each other you got to go back to those other questions in do you see them do you hear them are you are you holding one another accountable you have to see yourself in oneness with Christ you have to see yourself in oneness with one another and then you need to take action on it All right. That's it. Uh, I love you all. Have a great week.